Turning 18 is supposed to be this amazing milestone when you finally have the opportunity to navigate adulthood and make up the rules as you go. For me, 18 was a milestone, but not in the way that I expected it to be. I'm Eleanor, and I am a student, patient, and writer dealing with her own dramatic comedy, aka her dramedy. During my first year of college, I was excited to get a glimpse of this so-called glamorous experience. Parties, road trips, and spontaneous adventures, you know, the typical drill. But adjusting to campus life presented its own challenges. I had moved from Lebanon back to the United States, leaving behind everything I had ever known to start that new chapter of my life. As unfamiliar faces became friendly ones, I felt that I was on the right track to a memorable four-year journey. Little did I know that two months in, everything would never be the same. In late 2018, everyday activities like getting out of bed, taking the stairs, and going to the dining halls felt too exhausting to complete. The slightest movements drained my energy levels and the pain I felt did the same. But I tried to shake it off and I blamed my symptoms on the stress that I was feeling from finals week. I wasn't ready for my life to turn around right when I was starting to figure out how I wanted to live it. I kept ignoring what my body was trying to tell me. In a lot of ways, I think that I already knew that I was gravely unwell. But like with a lot of things, what we know about ourselves scares us as much as what we don't. In January of 2019, I was having dinner with my best friend. I had just come back from winter break and I was excited to catch up with her and we had just finished our little shopping spree. But then my doctor called me after reading my test results. Over the phone she said, Eleanor, you're going into kidney failure. In that moment, I went into total shock. I really didn't know what to say or what to do. But I remember telling her, I have dinner and I got all this stuff for my dorm room. Can I at least drop it off before I go to the hospital? Nope. Spoiler alert, I couldn't make the detour. After many visits to the emergency room, missing out on classes for a month and having a surgery done, I was diagnosed with a rare autoimmune disorder called necrotizing autoimmune myopathy, NAM for short, on February 1st, 2019. My initial reaction to my diagnosis was, well, that's unfortunate. I have the worst luck ever. Ah, my life sucks. But then my second reaction was, fine, then what am I going to do about it? I can't just sit here and feel sorry for myself all day. It took me a while to figure out what I wanted to do, but writing my book, Dealing with Dramedies, turned out to be the answer. I was lucky enough to have a good group of friends that would visit me in the hospital and update me on what I missed, and I was part of an understanding university community that didn't make me feel bad for having to miss classes. Even with that support, I felt myself drowning in the drama of my health crisis, but I didn't want my drama to define me. I chose to define it. That's when my dark sense of humor surfaced. I started making jokes about how hospital food tasted better than that I was having in the dining halls and how I was an 18-year-old trapped inside an 81-year-old's body. <laughs> Adding a comedic spin to the drama I was experiencing helped me process it better. When a catastrophe like permanent illness hits, you're inclined to search for meaning, for reasons, for really anything that can justify the pain you're going through. But sometimes there isn't much to discover, but there's room for us to create. Influenced by the TV shows and movies I was watching, I discovered that I didn't have to wait for my fight to be over to be the hero of my story. I could just start by working towards the future that I wanted for myself. 
Even though I was in and out of the hospital, I worked tirelessly to make up for my absence, and I ended the semester with a near-perfect GPA. When I almost died after treatment complications in the summer, I finished my first screenplay, which would later on win me an award. Instead of focusing on what was going wrong in my life, I shifted my attention to what I was doing right, and that was following my passion for storytelling. Writing had always been this kind of cathartic outlet for me, and visual media had a special place in my heart. But it wasn't until I got sick that it hit me. Oh, there are actually people who write these movies and TV shows that I like. Like, that's an actual job. Up until then, I had treated writing as a pastime rather than a tool to achieve positive change. I entered college as a biomedical engineering major and I completed my pre-med track. And I had this whole plan for which medical school I would go to and what kind of residency I would apply to. But, you know, plans change as you do. And after passing out before my organic chemistry lab one day, it kind of hit me that I wasn't taking care of myself properly post-diagnosis. So, how was I supposed to get better if I couldn't treat myself better? Self-care can be arduous when your brain is in survival mode, but it's achievable. Even now as I'm saying this, I'm nowhere near remission. I have a long way to go, but that's why I look back and think of how far I've come. Survival in itself is an achievement that we often don't give ourselves credit for. It takes a lot of grit to just face what we're going through and acknowledge it. And instead of dwelling on how bad it might be, if we can just see how much good can come out of it, we're already one step ahead into achieving mindfulness. In my case, instead of continuously trying to ignore the pain that I was feeling, I started acknowledging it. I, In fact, I started making jokes about it. I have this philosophy that if you can joke about something, it no longer holds the power to upset you. So while I was receiving treatment and my friends would call me up to make sure I was okay, I'd respond with like, okay, I almost died again, but now I'm totally fine. And that's why I wrote my book, because I want people to know that, you know, you've had your fair share of trauma, but it's possible to look at it right in the eye, laugh and leverage it to your advantage. You're not alone, and you're definitely not doomed. I'm not going to be one of those people that says, you know, getting sick was the best thing that ever happened to me, because it wasn't. No one really wants to uproot their entire life and try to adjust to something that's founded on so much uncertainty. But it was this kind of wake-up call that I needed. It was a nudge in the right direction for me to follow my true path and to be my authentic self as much as I could. Early in the stages of my diagnosis, I was wary about talking about my experience to other people, especially people that I hadn't met and because I just simply didn't want to be perceived as that sick girl who's always in the hospital or who has to cancel plans. I just wanted people to see me through my work and think, wow, that's sick girl, you're doing a great job. I didn't want my illness to be my defining factor. I didn't want to become my condition and I didn't want to be sucked into the hole of perpetual sadness that came along with it. I just wanted to be who I was. I wanted to be someone who could look at and think, oh, if she got through her rut, I can get through mine and things can get better. 
I always try to remind myself that it could be worse and even though it might not look like it at the moment, it will get better at some point. But it's not going to get better by sitting around and wishing for everything to change. You have to actively work for the change that you want to see in your life. And this might sound like a cliche, but yet again, cliches sometimes are comforting. All heard the saying that you are the only thing standing in your way, and in my case, that's literally true. The thing with autoimmune disorders is that your body is literally attacking itself, and there's not much I can do to change it. But as a writer, I think that sometimes I'm given a prompt, and I might not like what the prompt says, but I can change the parameters within it. I get to decide what I do with my story arc. I get to decide who are the characters that I want to be a part of my life. I get to decide my goals are, what my ambitions are, how I want my story to end, how I want the ending credits to look like. And that's what I mean by dealing with your own dramedy. Because no matter who you are, or where you come from, or how different your circumstances may be from those around you, Drama will find you, but it's up to you to use it as your driving force instead of your deterrent. And there is no set way to deal with your dramedy. For a lot of people, positivity means listening to TED Talks. For others, it's practicing meditation. There are so many ways to deal with what you're going through, but what I found to be the common denominator is storytelling. And storytelling can start with just a simple, honest conversation, and it's often a conversation that you need to have with yourself. For me, detailing my experience from both a moral and medical standpoint in hopes of offering an insightful look into the lives of patients like myself and trying to educate other people about chronic illnesses, especially those that are invisible and often disregarded by people around them, felt to me as a major way to impact others. And that's why at the end of my book, I put all sorts of toolkits to support yourself when you're struggling and to support someone in your life who may be going through something that you have no idea about. That's why I want you to know that sometimes everything can go wrong all at once, but you can go on. You can find a sense of fulfillment. I like to think of my newly found approach to life as strike, thrive, and strive. Strike back when you've been struck, thrive despite it, and strive for more. Even as I'm saying this, I'm not pain-free and I'm nowhere near achieving remission with my condition, but I've made peace with my pain. Earlier, I mentioned that my first thought to my diagnosis was, oh, my life sucks. But now I think that life is about taking that suckiness, whether it's an illness, a dysfunctional family, a terrible time in college, or a combination of all of the above, and transforming that pain into success makes life worth living. We all have a story to share and a voice that is meant to be heard, and we want to share yours. For more information and to get involved, visit storiesofinspiringjoy.com. Stories of Inspiring Joy is a production of Seek the Joy Media and created by Sydney Weiss. 
You can find all episodes on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you like the show, hit subscribe, leave us a rating and review, and follow along on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're creating greater connection and community, one powerful story at a time.